Well, hello back, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Saturday Coffee Clutch with my colleague Heather Lofthouse. And Heather is executive director of Inequality Media Civic Action, my former student. And we talk about the highs and lows of the week over morning coffee. Thank you for coffee. Good to see you. Good to, thank you. I'm it's good to, to see you. Here, even great. though these times are wild. Well, you know, we're four days. Is it? So let's say three days, the election, three days. Three days. To the midterm elections. I am. How are you feeling? Really? Really? Worried. Yeah. Capital I, W. I am too. Yeah. You know, this is not my first midterm election. <laughs> I know. Not I your mean, first rodeo midterm. No, I, I remember. Yeah. People, tell us. People say to me, you know, old man, hello, old man. Mm-hmm. What's the first midterm you remember? Oh, well, I love to ask I you remember that. the old, uh, the 1954 midterms back, uh, Back in the in the early mid twentieth century, you're good at this. Well, but but I was there. I mean, uh, Dwight Eisenhower was mm-hmm. president. This was his first midterm. The Republicans had both the House and the Senate, and they lost both the House and the Senate. And you know why? Why? Okay, here's your quiz. Right. Why did the Republicans lose the House and the Senate in 1954? I can't remember. You were my student. I know. It was because Joe McCarthy. Yes. Joe McCarthy scared the The, dickens out of them. And let's hope that Donald Trump does the same. And so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So I know there was 94. There was, we'll just have to see what happens, right? The one thing that makes me a little hopeful is that I am watching the numbers of people, the number of people who have voted already. And that number is very high. It's very high. It's very, that's a very good sign because the more people who vote, the more likely it is the Democrats get those votes. And it's, I mean, I like to refresh it. Is that compulsive, but it's fun to get through the day. 36 million total early votes, which would be about, I don't know, a third of all the people who came out in 2018. It's it's very unusual. I I think it shows that the mail-in voting works. It shows that Republicans are right in very narrow terms. There are very narrow partisan terms to be worried about midterm. uh, There are midterm votes in terms of mail-in votes. Um, And uh, it also shows the power of turnout. And I want to emphasize this. Midterms do not depend on anything, almost nothing, except turnout. Yeah. And you know, anybody who says, oh, the issues, well, it's the issues of, of abortion, or it's the issue of democracy, or it's the issue of inflation, or it's the, it's not issues. It is turnout, and it's enthusiasm hmm. that turns out, turns people out. Right. And my, my biggest fear, honestly, Heather, about these midterms has to do with young people, uh, who tend to vote Democratic and uh, tend not to turn out unless they're very enthusiastic. Right. And I was wor- I-, I am worried. That You're worried not- that the Dems are not doing enough on the messaging front in terms well, of... Well, it's, they are not, they're not, they haven't done the enough. policy front. I mean, they haven't done enough. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of young people, uh, to be young is to be idealistic. And to be idealistic is to be hopeful about the future. And a lot of young people who came out in the election in uh, 2020, uh, they were determined to turn this ship of state around. Right. And uh, yes, you and I can come up with things like uh, prescription drugs that uh, that the Biden administration and the Democrats did turn around. But on a lot of stuff, no, uh, they didn't. Right. Now, you have said just now you've been around. What is different about this time? Well, the biggest difference is obviously the stakes. The stakes are much higher. You know, I 
I have worried from time to time about the Republicans' issues and the Democrats and you know the Republicans, if they get their policy preferences, uh, that's a problem. But this is not any longer. This election is no longer about policy preferences. preferences. It's not even about issues. It's about democracy. Right. It's about the future of our democracy. The stakes are could not be higher. We have one party, the Republican Party, that's been hijacked by... Now, I'm going to say things that I don't want to be repeated in public. Great. This so is this the is the perfect just, venue. So this is just between you and me, just right? It's over coffee and mm-hmm. anybody else who just is, happens to be here. But I think the Republican Party is traitorous. I think the mm-hmm. Republican Party has been has been taken over by by you know people who don't care about this democracy, who would be happy if the democracy folded tomorrow. Uh, I frankly don't understand it fully. Uh, but it is the most dangerous consequential election I have witnessed. If the crazies, the anti-democracy people get in key positions, uh, then we can just kiss democracy goodbye. Right. And this is a this is a long game by the Republicans. Well, they've been playing this game right. for a long time. I, I didn't really understand uh, that they were playing an anti-democracy mm. game. I mean, I knew they wanted to get rid of the New Deal. They wanted to get rid of Medicare. They wanted to get rid of Social Security. Uh, but this is this is really qualitatively different. This is Donald Trump uh, and uh, Stephen Bannon and yeah. all of the structure that they've created uh, that is fundamentally about Donald Trump's ego. Yeah. You know, I mean, let's face it. It is about Trump wanting to be the centerpiece of the American divide. Right. Now, if I may make a segue, you mentioned ego. Elon Musk, how's that segue? That's very good. <laughs> just, How did you did you just do it I just on did your that. own? Just very, thank you. Um, just purchased Twitter, became you know head chief twit. He's calling himself. He's, he's he is chief twit. Right. So and, what? I mean, you've written about it on Substack in the past week, and it's um, but so and the, but the the egos. Talk to us about egos. I think that we are in a new era now. Put democracy to one side, if you can possibly put democracy to one side. I think Donald Trump. And Elon Musk represent a kind of new megalomaniacal approach to everything, to the economy, to politics. Uh, It's all about, this is not about a principle. They're not pushing an ideology. They're not even trying to make money. They, they don't, they both have enough money. No, what they want is attention. Uh, They want uh, to, to impose their own will on other people. This is about power. Uh, and the two of them are very similar in that respect. You know, they're not identical, but they are remarkably similar in terms of putting other people down, uh, uh, getting their own way. Uh, you know what Elon Musk is doing? He's 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 suing Twitter. He doesn't want any of the Twitter executives to get the golden parachutes that they are entitled to by law. Mm. I mean, it's all about. Uh, getting even. Yeah. Have you, heard truth, of, have you ever heard of that before? Yes. Is there anybody else in public life who wants to get even? Right. Um, but I do think that social media and the way the speed of information these days, just this feedback loop of we can ignore, oh, we can ignore the truth. It's yeah, probably I'm gonna, I'm reminding you to vote. This person. I don't know. People call me all the time. It's, it's obviously Joe Biden again. Um, but I'm not going to take it. But I think the social media, the fast, and then these people who can watch the feedback on their tweets, who can, or, you know, posts on Truth Social, whatever it is, that is not helping. Well, obviously, social media has accentuated all of this. 
but I do think that there is a kind of a broad-based in this country among a lot of people, and I feel it sometimes too. A kind of I, I've I've I, I've had enough. I can't take it anymore. Uh, you know, I'm gonna uh, I, I'm I'm I've reached the end of my tether. I just I can't. I can't stand the way this country is going. Uh, and they project, some people project onto Trump and onto Musk their own desires for a strong man, for somebody yes. who's going to cut through all the shit, excuse my language, yeah. all the crap, excuse my language, and uh, who, who's, who's all the stuff, uh, and who's going to make everything work and kind of give their finger to yeah. everybody, to the right. establishment, to yeah. everything that doesn't work. Uh, it's a fantasy, obviously, yeah. but it's a fantasy that Trump and Musk both Ooh. intuitively understand, Ooh, and they are exploiting. Mm. They're very good at it. Each of them has eighty million followers on Twitter. I mean, this is. I think Musk has even more yeah. after this latest round of shenanigans and anti-Semitism and political violence stoking. I mean, it's wild. Well, what they did with you know, look in, the, in the in the wake of Paul Pelosi. Uh, the attack yes. on Paul Pelosi. Look at both of them. I mean, Trump, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, the smarmy, yeah. disgusting uh, suggestion that it's a it's a conspiracy. Uh, and Musk posted, and then yes, he took down the post. He, he gets credit for taking down a post. That I he know. Heard, he put up. It killed me. Uh, but uh, you know, he he puts up this this disgusting stuff too. Right. He's up to 114 million followers. Well, well good for Ooh. him. Ugh. You know. Um, okay, so but, but the point is yeah. that when you have eighty or a hundred million followers, you've you've got a kind of a you've got a gang. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got a you've you've got your own gang. Yeah. And if you're part of that gang, uh, you project on the leader of that gang your own hopes and your 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 fears about the other side. Yeah, and uh, I think it's a dangerous game. For sure. I mean, we know it is. We're watching it be a dangerous game. Um, in terms of, okay, enough about the billionaires and the people and the oligarchs and the, you know, private sector mavens. Jobs report. What is happening in terms of average workers in America and what's I, the Fed doing? Help us get it. I think all of this is related, Heather, because so many people feel with some justification that they are being ground down in this economy. Um, you know, look at the headlines. Uh, just yesterday, that new jobs report came out. And the leading newspapers, leading media uh, in this country say, well, uh, it shows that the labor market is too tight. Jerome Powell says, uh, more evidence the labor market is too tight. Uh, well, look at the details. Uh, inflation is running about 8.2% over the year, uh, but wages, wage increases are running about 4.5%. That means most people are falling behind. Their actual purchasing power is dropping. They are not pushing inflation. Powell is, what is he saying that for? Right. I mean, corporations are pushing inflation. They are the ones who are increasing their prices uh, faster than their costs are being are, are increasing. Right. And they're using inflation as a cover. Everybody knows this. Everybody in the business world knows this. I talk with people who, who laugh about this. Who say, can you believe uh, that the public believes this? Uh, but you see, this kind of this kind of intuitive frustration that so many out there feel mm -hmm. gets uh, gets translated into uh, a, a lionization of Trump and of Musk and all of these people who are going to somehow speak for 
of these right. average working and people. a demonization of Joe Biden and a demonization of Biden, a demonization of the Democrats, demonization yep. of, of Nancy Pelosi. Yep. And uh, a demonization of the so-called establishment mm -hmm. when actually the real quote unquote villains of the piece are corporate power. I mean, the chieftains of corporate America and Wall Street who are, are really laughing all the way to the bank. No. So why is it the case that Powell continues this? I mean, we've talked about it with economic journalists are kind of stuck. They've got their blinders on. And they all have their blinders on. And they all, you know, they're accepting this economics 101, this right. kind of simplistic view that, oh, well, the way to uh, fight inflation is to reduce demand, overall demand. And you do that by raising interest rates. So everybody, uh, it costs everybody much more to borrow money. So they can't buy cars, they can't buy houses. And uh, you squeeze and squeeze and squeeze. And eventually you're going to what? You're going to conquer inflation? Well, no, eventually what you're going to do is put the entire economy into recession and the people who are going to suffer most and first are the people who are the working class, the middle class, people yeah. who are the first to be fired, yeah. the last to be hired, yeah. the people who are living from paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is the this is the real tragedy. Yeah. You are heated on. about this. You well, are I, heated today. I am. I, am I like it. I, well, I hate it for you, but I think there's kind of, we got to make a change here, people. Well, it is critical. I can't believe we've gone through this whole election and the Democrats have not been talking about this issue. I They've know. been talking, what have they been talking about? Uh, I mean, Biden until Monday, last Monday right. was the first time he even mentions the possibility of a uh, windfall profits tax on yep. the oil companies. Yep. Oil companies have never made this much money historically ever before in right. history. Uh, I mean, I, yes, I do feel strongly about this because I think the Democrats have missed an opportunity to tell it like it is. Mm -hmm. They've missed an opportunity to call uh, you know, corporations uh, out for what they are doing right? and uh, and leaving the economy up to the Republicans. Can you imagine? I mean, I don't think we have to imagine. We're watching it. Well, I hope things work out on Tuesday, obviously. Uh, and if they don't, I'm going to be among the first to blame the Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, yeah, and it'll be interesting. We'll have to see, right, how the chips fall and who, I don't know, who's up and who's down and what are the next steps? I mean, I think we immediately will hop on the phone and figure out what can we make videos about? What can we educate the public about in terms of next steps, given however things Well, next steps, out. unfortunately, the next step after Tuesday's midterm election is the 2024 election. Yep. Donald Trump is likely to announce in the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. And what is that all about? That's about but that's about proto-fascism mm -hmm. versus democracy. That's all it is. There are no issues. You know, we can come up with issues, but the basic, basically, that's what it's about. And, you know, you have a son and I have a granddaughter about the, a little bit older. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and a lot of people who are joining our coffee clutch have kids and grandkids. And this is about the future. What are we going to leave them? I know. Well, we have to remember the long game. Right. Whatever happens on Tuesday, as you said, you've been through a lot of experiences where there have been Democratic houses and senates that have flipped. Right. Yes. And again, going back to my very first that I remember. Yes. Was McCarthyism. Uh, I remember it too. I, 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 <laughs> you don't remember <laughs> McCarthyism, uh, but but let's go back. I mean, the fact that Republicans did lose both the House and the Senate in 1954 because of Joe McCarthy uh, really gives me a little bit of hope. 
that maybe uh, the Democrats can hold on because of Donald Trump and because of the fear about democracy. Because I think fundamentally in their heart of hearts, most Americans really do care about our system, our system of government. I mean, I think you're right. And I think, I hope we're right. Huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, on that upbeat note. Next Heather, week when we clutch. You have a we'll great see. week. Next week, we're going to be reviewing what happened. I know. And everybody out there who is joining us for this coffee clutch, please vote and tell everybody else to vote. Turnout is critical. Turnout is essential. And uh, I'm hoping and you're hoping and we're all praying for the right turnout, the yes. right outcome. That's it. And be safe. Yeah, everybody. everybody be safe. All right. Take care. Have a good week.